Ben, good morning. Ni hao. Ah, Thank you. Really great to be here again this morning. Uh, I haven't been here for two years, so I'll hopefully preach a better sermon today and be invited back a little bit more after that. But uh, congratulations on the building as well. This is a wonderful building. And I noticed that um, it may be a new building, but there's still the same old problem. You always come late. I remember about this church, the most notorious church I go to. When, when we start the service, there's the people on the platform and Pastor Chris. And then within a few minutes, everybody comes. Uh, but congratulations on the building. It looks magnificent. And I really believe that God has given you um, an incredible instrument that he wants to use for the, this community and beyond. Uh, so I encourage you to volunteer, as Pastor said. And I encourage you also, come on time. And I encourage you to participate with all of your heart as well. Uh, Pastor Chris has asked me just to talk a little bit about the work that we are involved with as well, just, just before I come to the message today. Um, I serve in a mission agency by the name of World Outreach International. World Outreach was begun in 1932, and our distinctive is that we are focused upon what we call the least reached people groups of the world. In the world today, as you would know, there are, there are about 200 nations, 200 geopolitical nations in the world today. But the world is actually comprised of people groups, approximately 16,000 identifiable people groups in the world that are known because of their ethnicity or language. And of those 16,000 people groups, just over 6,600 are classified as unreached or least reached. What that means is that there are less than 2% Christians in that people group or there are so few Christians they're unable to disciple their own people or plant their own churches. In percentage terms, that's about 41% of the world or about 3 billion people who are living in a people group where they can live their whole life and never hear about Jesus. And our mission is focused upon, uh, upon evangelism and discipleship among those least reached people groups. Our end goal is not evangelism. Our end goal is discipleship. And that those people would be discipled to be able to disciple their own and other people's as well. Um, so we, we're not a big mission. We have a mission force of 240 missionaries who are working in 70 countries. And at the moment we are engaged at varying degrees with about 150 different least reached people groups. But it's a very exciting role. Uh, the headquarters happens to be in Singapore. Uh, but we have, we have ministry centers in Malaysia and, and, and South Africa. We have nine offices throughout the world. And even though I'm the director, I choose to live in Melbourne. And uh, I love living in Melbourne. And I love coming to this church because I live in East Doncaster. So it's two suburbs away. I'm very happy. This is actually one of the closest churches to where I live. And uh, it's wonderful. So that's a little bit about what we do. Our primary focus is pioneer frontier missions work. Like Star Trek, we go where no one has gone before. And we have, we have people all over the world. And some of our biggest breakthroughs are in parts of the world that we can't even talk about. But I want you to know there's amazing things happening in the Buddhist world, the Hindu world, the Muslim world, uh, and, and the world of, of religions. It's just amazing what God is doing. So if God is stirring you to missions, have a talk to your pastor. And if he's happy, you can come and have a talk to me as well. We'll, we'll, we'll be happy to help. 
Okay, I want to turn your attention today to the theme that you've got in the next few weeks, which is Psalm 23. And today I've been asked to speak about verse, verse 2, just verse 2. But I want to have a look at today Psalm, Psalm 23. So it'll be on the screen in just a moment. Let me just, just pop my glasses on so I can read my sermon. Otherwise, it will be a very, very fast sermon. As all of us would know, Psalm 23 is probably the best known of all the Psalms. It was a psalm that was written by King David. It is an expressive piece of Hebrew poetry written by a man who had a heart after God. It was a way by which he expressed his heart toward God. And today as we focus on verse, verse number two, the title of my message is Finding Rest and Renewal. Finding Rest and, and Renewal. But allow me to read it to you. It'll be on the screen as well. Psalm, psalm 23 reads like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It may have been in one, in one of the many times of seeking God in quiet meditation that David began to ponder about the nature and the blessings of God. And from his understanding of the tasks and the role and the function of a shepherd, he learned while shepherding his father's sheep, David pictures God as his shepherd. This psalm is a very personal psalm, expressing the relationship between the Lord, the shepherd, and David, the sheep. Notice all the personal pronouns in, in, in this psalm today. He, you, I, and me. But the phrase, the Lord is my shepherd, translates the Hebrew, Jehovah Ra. Jehovah being the word that is translated as Lord, and Ra, a word that is translated as shepherd. But it can sometimes be seen as feeding sheep. And this is very significant to the rest of our journey today. Why? Because throughout Scripture, God Almighty has been revealing His unchanging and redemptive, that is, need-meeting nature through His names. A name in Scripture is often synonymous with the nature of a person, whether it is an angel, a person, or God Himself. And the name that God ultimately revealed himself to his people as a need-meeting God is the name Yahweh, which is capitalized in the, in, in the Old Testament. The Hebrews regarded this name Jehovah, the Lord, as the most sacred and distinctive name of God. They referred to it as the unpronounceable, incommunicative name of God. And the meaning is explained in Exodus 3, verses 14 and 15, where it is rendered, I am that I am, or I shall be what I shall be. God called Moses as he was watching over the sheep and said, Moses, I want you to lead my people out of Egypt into the land of promise, the land of Canaan. 
But Moses replied, well, who am I that I should do such a thing? And what am I to say to my own people when they ask me, who sent you? How do we know? What is his name? And God spoke to Moses and said, tell them, I am who I am. And I am has sent me to you. I am. What a statement. This is the essential character of God. He is. God alone is. No beginning, no end. It tells us that our God is eternal. It speaks of his everlasting character, that from eternity to eternity, he is the self-existent God. He is the one that has life in and of himself. But even further, the great reality of that name is that he reveals that he will be all that he is ever needed to be. And added to his name Jehovah, the Lord would often add another name that would be directly linked to the needs needs of people. And God revealed himself as a God who can meet every human need that is brought about by a human weakness by granting revelations of himself where he would say, I am this or I am that. Like on the screen behind me, the Lord who revealed himself as the Lord, my God, the Lord, my provider, the Lord, my peace, the Lord, my healer, the Lord, my righteousness, the Lord almighty, the Lord, my banner, the Lord my sanctifier, the Lord ever-present, the Lord my shepherd. God revealed himself to be everything that we could ever need. He identified with all of our needs. That's why David could say with great confidence, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, I shall lack nothing. He is everything I could or would ever need at all times. And what does that mean for us? Well, when Jesus came, Jesus came as the fullness, the embodiment of these names. Jesus came in flesh. And according to Colossians 1:19, God's fullness dwelt in him. Jesus is the final and the greatest revelation of God. And we now know today that he now provides any and every human need. Jesus is Jehovah Ra. Jesus is the Lord, our shepherd. And we see Jesus as our shepherd in a number of places in Scripture. In John 10, 11, Jesus called himself the good sheep who sacrificially cares and lays down his life for his sheep. In 1 Peter 5, 4, Jesus is referred to as the chief shepherd who cares for his flock through pastors and elders. In Hebrews 13, verse, verse number 20, Jesus is spoken of as the great shepherd of the sheep. But what is the need that we have within people that would require the redeeming element of the shepherd nature of God? And the question is answered when we look into the Bible, which likens people to sheep. Sheep have a natural tendency to stray, and as such, they need a shepherd. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 8 says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned into his own way. Our wayward nature makes us sheep. 
But in order to become the shepherd of the lost sheep of humanity, the Lord God sent his one and only son to die for us. And Jesus came and he demonstrated all the attributes of God's shepherding heart. He expressed the full extent of his love by laying down his life for us. Jesus is the gate through whom God has become our shepherd. It is through Jesus that we have become part of the flock of God. So that now we can say boldly in the words of Psalm 100, verse number 3, we are His people, the sheep of His pastor. And what 1 Peter 2, verse number 25 says, For we were like sheep that were going astray, but now we have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. Jesus' work was a universal work for all people, but importantly, it was an individual work as well. He is now our shepherd, our personal savior. We can say here today, the Lord is my shepherd. And we see his work as we begin to work through through this psalm. We see the many actions of the Lord as our shepherd. In verse 1, he pastors us. In verse 2, he feeds us. In verse 2, he leads us. In verse 3, he restores us. In verse 3, he guides us. In verse 4, he protects us. In verse 5, he anoints us. In verse 5, he fills us. But my focus, my focus today is verse number 2. And we're just going to have a look at two actions that the shepherd does for us. And they are that he makes me lie down in green pastures. And secondly, he leads me beside the quiet waters. He meets some of the fundamental needs that all sheep have. So I just, just, just want to unpack both of these actions from, ver- from verse number two. Number one is this. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures pastures so the first action of the shepherd in this verse is to bring the flock to a place where they can rest in green pastures in other words where they can lie down and they can rest in a place where there is plenty of food and I want you to picture for a moment David leading his flock through the semi-arid deserts of Judah looking for pastures where his sheep can rest safely sheep need to rest they need to lie down to be content to be quiet and to flourish and similarly we all as human beings and in all of our stress and in all of our busyness and with all of the demands and all of the distractions of our life we need to take time every day just to come to that place where we find rest and in this verse it says here that he makes me lie down in green pastures. This does not mean that the Lord forces his sheep to lie down, but through the actions of the shepherd, he has brought them to a place where the sheep feel so secure, so safe, that they are able to rest. Lambert, to, 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 to bring out a point, to bring out a picture of this point. In Philip Keller's classic book, and he wrote a book called A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. He said that sheep, by their very nature, find it almost impossible to lie down. And he says there are four reasons why you cannot make a sheep, why a sheep will not lie down unless these four needs are met. Number one, he said, it is fear. Number two, friction. Number three, torment. Or number four, 
hunger. He says, if, if the sheep have any one of those four things, they will not lie down. So what he says is, number one, fear. Owing to them being so timid, sheep refuse to lie down if they are fearful. They have many predators. They are easily frightened. And often if one runs, dozens will run after that one as well. But the shepherd's presence among them and protection because he's there reassures them. And only when they feel safe in the presence of the shepherd will the sheep lie down. Secondly, he says a second reason why sheep will not lie down is friction. Because of their social behavior, a sheep will not lie down if there is friction with other sheep. Some ewes try and dominate the others and intimidate them through their behavior, such as butting their heads. If they were chickens, it would be the pecking order. And tension, rivalry, or, or competition between the flock will disturb the flock, and an agitated sheep will never lie down. However... When the shepherd is there and he brings oversight and he brings discipline to the unruly sheep and keeps the dominant behavior in check, it causes all the sheep to lie down because there is no tension among them. Thirdly, he says, if there is torment, a sheep will not lie down if they are afflicted by flies, ticks, lice, or they are tormented by parasites. It is impossible for them to lie down and rest. Instead, the sheep will be on its feet. It will be stamping its feet. It will be shaking its head, trying to get the lice and the parasites out of its system, out of its body. But when the shepherd is there, he watches over the flock and he looks for the telltale signs of torment. And then he implies insect repellents or he dips the sheep in pesticide or fungicide. And only when the sheep is free of torment and afflictions can it lie down and rest. And number four, he says, a sheep will never lie down if it's hungry. Because of their appetite, a sheep will never lie down unless their stomach is full. Sounds like a teenager. And a hungry, ill-fed sheep is always on its feet. Therefore, a shepherd must lead the sheep to green pastures. But green pastures don't just happen in semi-arid conditions like in Judah, but are the result of labor, of time, of skill of clearing the land, of preparing the soil, of planting and irrigation so that the shepherd can create an environment in which the sheep are able to eat and rest. But a sheep that is fearful, restless, afflicted or hungry will never rest. And by the way, friends, it's the same for people as well. And it's only when the shepherd has met these four needs that the sheep will lie down. But in meeting these needs, the sheep is able to come to a place of rest. And let's have a look at these same four things and what Jesus has done for us. We need to remember today that because of what Jesus has done upon the cross, he has defeated firstly our fear. Jesus has completely defeated and disarmed all of our enemies, all of our predators. He triumphed over them through his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. And we enforce and we apply that victory to the use of his name, the name of Jesus. In addition, when we feel fear, 
because of of what we are going through or facing. The Lord promises that His presence will always be with us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're facing today, and even though fear is the most natural response, there is a God who has given you His Holy Spirit that can empower you today with strength and courage to overcome all the power of intimidation and fear today. We can find a place of rest because Jesus has overcome the power of fear. Secondly, friction. Sometimes there are tensions and frictions, offenses and hurts, and dominant and manipulative people in every flock. But Jesus, our shepherd, gives us the grace to forgive those who are undeserving. Jesus gives us the grace to love people who are undeserving. Jesus gives us a security in who we are in Him to overcome all the power of insecurity. Jesus gives us the security that we are loved and valued equally with everyone else in the flock. And His Spirit is at work inside of the church producing unity. And Jesus has given shepherds who have wisdom and authority to correct and and confront unruly and agitating sheep as well. Today, I want to encourage you, if there's turmoil in your heart with somebody at work or somebody here in church or somebody here in your family, there is a shepherd that is here who can fill you with a sense of peace and can give you an assurance that everything's going to be all right. God will give you the strength and the grace to encounter any relationship problem that you have. Thirdly, torment. All of us here today have weaknesses and frailties. All of us have areas in our life where we are subject to temptation. And at times, there can be spiritual attacks in vulnerable areas of our lives. But thank God today... Our shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, gives us the pesticide and the fungicide of his precious blood to cleanse us from all sin. He gives us his powerful word by which we can stand against our adversary in Jesus' name. And he gives us the transforming power of his spirit, which enables us to overcome all weaknesses by the power that is inside of us, by the indwelling of the spirit. And today we just need to allow him to attend to the wounds and the weaknesses inside of our life so that today we can be free from the things that torment us and come to that place of rest. Fourthly, Jesus our shepherd, he provides for our hunger. For Jesus our shepherd provides us with the nourishment that we need through his word. Jesus has given us green, lush pastures. For example, we have, we have the green pasture of our local church. We have the green pasture of loving community. We have the green pasture of Bible preaching. We have the green pasture of godly resources. We have the pasture of spiritual covering through godly leaders. If we're hungry today, it's our own fault because the Lord has given us green pastures. What does all this mean for us today? Jesus has done all that is needed for us to lie down and to come to a place of pasture and a place of rest. 
And in all of our busy, stressed out, distracted lives, we need to stop every day and just enjoy green pastures. So what do we need to do? And to answer that question, I just want to read a couple of verses of a biblical story. In Luke 10, verses 38 to to 42, it reads like this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. So Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. Martha is busily serving. But in this case, the busyness of doing work for Jesus was a distraction from being with Jesus. Serving is only one aspect of experiencing Jesus. And Jesus told Martha that she was worried and upset about many things. Martha was saying, I have to do so much. No one ever helps me. I am so busy. But Jesus wanted to remind her that there was only one thing that was really important to her on that day, and that was being with him. And sometimes service can be a substitute for intimacy. And I want to encourage you today, you have worked so hard to make this building come to pass. But the purpose of this building is to be a quiet water where people can come and drink and experience Jesus. I want to encourage you today, don't be caught up in what you do, but be caught up in who you do it for. Don't be caught up in activity, but be caught up in intimacy. Don't be distracted by watching the quiet waters, but today, come and drink and find that place of rest. Mary, as it were, was the one lying in green pastures. And we actually sit at Jesus' feet when we sit with His Word devotionally, thoughtfully, and expectantly as we read it, as we listen to and for His voice. Because His Word is green pastures by which we can nourish ourselves and feed ourselves. And to lie in green pastures, we need to be still and sit down as Mary and just enjoy Jesus. Be with Him. Devour his word, meditate upon his scriptures, enjoy his presence. So I I want you to picture the scene here. Sheep grazing and then resting in green pastures. It's a peaceful, safe place. The Lord, your shepherd today, wants you to rest in him. In all of your busyness, in all of your stress, to remember that the Lord wants to bring you to a place where you, like Mary, would just sit and listen, and enjoy, and feed upon his word. Now, the second action in this verse is that he will lead us beside quiet waters. 
And another vital need of sheep is refreshment, water. Without water, a sheep will die. Water refreshes, it cleanses, it hydrates, it sustains us. But importantly in this verse, the Lord is leading David to water. The sheep need leading to water. Sheep need guidance. And we too need the Lord to lead us to water. But before we have a look at the meaning of quiet waters, let's explore the Lord leading us. Because David wrote here, the Lord leads me. In the Old Testament, the Lord led his people as a shepherd. In Psalm uh, uh, chapter 78, verse number 52, it says there, He brought out his people like a flock. He led them like a sheep through the desert. Then we come into the, New, the New, New Testament where there's the metaphor of sheep and shepherd in John 10. And Jesus spoke of how he leads his sheep. Listen to this. John 10 verse 3 reads, The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he has brought them out, he goes ahead of them. He knows his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And in these verses up here, we find three critical prerequisites to being led by the Lord, our shepherd. It shows us how we are led by him. Number one or A, the sheep must know his voice. Secondly or B, the sheep must listen for his voice and thirdly the sheep must follow his voice if we are to be led by the lord our shepherd to that place where we can find hydration and drink and refreshment and renewal in him we have got to know the voice of jesus we have got to be listening for the voice of jesus and we must follow the voice of jesus and there are some implicit questions here in these verses do we know the Lord intimately or do we know Him intellectually? Do we know His voice both by the indwelling of the Spirit and in His Word? Are we listening for Him or are we deafened by the busyness of the minutiae of our everyday world? Are we following Him or are we depending upon our own instincts and schedule? And in this verse... David wrote how the Lord was leading him beside quiet waters. And sheep don't like drinking from fast-flowing waters, but they like the still, quiet waters. Neither do they drink from stale, stagnant water, but from gently flowing waters. And in Scripture, water is a symbol or a picture of the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus spoke on that last day of, of the feast where he said, From his innermost being, John, uh, John 7, will come streams of living water, which he spoke about was the work of the Spirit. And the lesson here is that the Lord, our shepherd, is leading us to a place where we can be refreshed and refilled and rejuvenated by His Spirit day after day. We don't have to live on stagnant, stale water or the water of yesterday or even last week. But today, there is a river that is flowing in this place. There is a river that is stirring up inside of you, which is the work of the Spirit of God. The Lord wants to renew you and refresh you and rejuvenate you and re-empower you for every day. He's leading 
leading you as we listen to his voice beside still waters. Oh, if you're thirsty today, come and drink. If you're dehydrated by life circumstances, come and drink. If you're dry today, come and drink. There is an inexhaustible, accessible reserve of power available today that can renew you. And at times when we are busy and we are stressed, the Lord wants to lead us to that place where we come and we drink. Drink from those quiet waters. In times of crises, the Lord wants to lead us to step back and just drink from those living waters that can hydrate us for whatever we are facing. In times of barrenness, in times of dryness, our shepherd wants to lead us to that place where we are drinking from the quiet waters. I'll conclude this point with with a story from Scripture that's found in 1 Kings 9, verses 9 to 18. When Elijah was under threat from Queen Jezebel, and he was empowered to run for 40 days and nights to Mount Horeb, and he's spending the night in a cave, and he's, he's waiting to hear from God. And the next day, there's a, a great earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then there was a great fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then there was a great wind, but... The Lord was not in the wind. And then there came that gentle breeze. And when he felt that gentle breeze, he he put his cloak over his face. And he went outside and he heard the voice of God. What are you doing here? And as he began to engage with God, God gave him a fresh empowerment and anointing for the season ahead and told him what to do. And often it's the same with us. We want the demonstrative. We want the power. We want the loud. But really what the Lord wants to do is to bring us in all of our busyness and all of our stress to that place where we are just still and we just drink and we just listen daily to what the Spirit is saying to our lives. Our great shepherd doesn't want us to live lives just wandering away in all of our busyness, but to learn to just be still and know that he is God. In conclusion today, let's, let's tie this whole, whole message together. We've been having a look at Psalm 23, verse number 2. And in this amazing psalm, David wrote of the Lord being his shepherd. And we noted that the name Jehovah-Rah is the name by which the Lord has revealed himself as a shepherd. Not only in name, but in nature. We became his sheep through the work of his son, Jesus, who is the good chief and great shepherd. He is our, he is my shepherd. And two of the things that our our great shepherd does is, firstly, he makes us lie down in green pasture. And secondly, he leads us beside quiet waters. And we notice today that he enables us, empowers us to lie down because he has removed every obstacle and he has treated every condition that would prevent me from lying down. And he makes it possible for me to come to that place where we can just rest in him. And then we saw how the Lord leads us by knowing and listening and following the voice of Jesus. And he seeks to lead us to quiet waters where we are refreshed in Him by the work of the Holy Spirit inside of our life. The green pastures speak of His Word and a place of rest. The quiet waters speak of His Spirit and a place of renewal. The Word 
and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. And I urge you today, every day, take time to be with Jesus in His Word. And take time every day to experience Him by His Spirit. It is as we do that, we begin to grow in maturity and in likeness to the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends today, no matter how busy or stressful your life is, maybe you've got exams and unlike the person who spoke, perhaps you are studying. You know, if, if Perhaps you're in the middle of exams or there's some business deals that are going on or there's some stuff happening in your family. I want to encourage you today just to be like Mary and just come and sit at the feet of Jesus. Just take some time in all of the other distractions to learn that your shepherd wants to bring you to a place where you will find freshness, where you will find rest, and you will find refreshment in him. For the Lord is our shepherd, and we shall not be in any want. Would you mind standing with me, please, today? And I just want to encourage you with just, just to close your eyes for a moment. And out of all that I've said today, what is the word of the Lord to you? What was the one thing that you need to do about what I've been preaching about today? The one thing out of all that I've said, what's the one thing that was the word of the Lord to you? Just take a moment, please, to think about that. What do you need to apply from what I've said, said today? Just take a moment please, in God's presence. And I want you to take a moment in intimacy with God just to talk to Him about that one thing that He's been speaking to you about today. Just take a moment in intimacy to talk to him about that one thing. That you need to apply about what he spoke to you about today. Just take a moment. Again, just with eyes closed. Mary just sat at the feet of Jesus. Martha, busy doing this, busy doing that, busy doing this. And Jesus said, only one thing is really important. And Mary has chosen what is best, just to be with him. Many, many people are busy here today like Martha running here, running there, doing this, doing that. And even now your mind is racing about all the things you have to do. Let's just take some time today to lie down in green pastures and to drink from the still, quiet waters today. I just want you to give your anxieties to Jesus. The Bible says cast your care upon Him because He cares for you. 
if all of the things that are weighing you down, all of those stresses and busyness, just lay it aside, give it to Him, and let's just take some time to be still and just be with Him. Consciously give Him those things today. Concerns about your family, concerns about your health, concerns about your finances. Just cast them upon Him today. Take some time. Enjoy him. Just be like Mary. Just enjoy Jesus. Listen for his voice. Listen for his focus on Jesus. softly now. How great is our God? How great is our God? Sing with me. How great is our God. 
Thank you are. 
Thank you, Lord. Some of us, God is speaking to you right now. I want to give you an opportunity as we dismiss in a while. Just come forward and don't leave here without doing business with God. Yeah? Don't do, don't leave church without setting some things right with God. The Holy Spirit is here. I, I can feel it just dripping. Just let Him immerse you in. It doesn't matter whether you are a new Christian or you've been in Christendom for years or ages. I've asked Pastor Bruce to just stay in front and I talked to Chris earlier on. You know, we are in a new season in this place. And I'm going to declare that this is going to be a house of abundance. And one of the things we are going to do is we are going to honor speakers and people who come to bless us. It may not necessarily be in silver and gold, but we are going to pray and unlock the grace that God has given us as a church to bless. Man of God, I'm going to ask Chris to come up. And uh, if it's okay, Bruce, we'd like to pray for you. And um, this is a house of great joy and abundance. Please don't be a stranger. Well, I mean, you can come and sing with us. Anytime you're welcome. Let's just stretch forth our hands and honor the man of God. And we're going to pray in a new season in Bruce's life and wherever God may fling you and sprinkle you. Your best days are ahead. And so this morning, where are your intercessors? I just want you to begin to pray. We're just going to unlock the windows of heaven. I just feel it. Come on, Brian. I just feel it unlocking. Unlocking this morning. Unlocking. Come on, come on, come on, intercessors, you begin to pray. Where are you? This is a spiritual church and it's a spiritual moment, but I tell you, when God gives, He just lavishes. Father, we just thank you for Bruce right now, and we thank you for the man of God that he is and the man of God that he is becoming. I thank you, God, that you are flinging him to far nations, that you are going to double the impact that he has had to date. That God, that the days ahead will be great. And the days ahead that you are going to use Him, all of Him, from the crown of His head to the sole of His feet, you are immersing Him. You are dipping Him into a fresh well. Hallelujah. Revelation upon revelation, signs and wonders shall follow all the days of His life, God. Because goodness and mercy is enveloping Him this morning. Father, we stand with Him. And God, we unlock the grace that You have placed upon this church, the abundance. And Father, we dip Him into that same grace and Lord as he flings out we have a part of what he's doing in the nations and we thank you God for your choice servant that you're fulfilling him in the call and the destiny that only he and him alone can fulfill we thank you God for strength and vigor and abundance Lord to follow him all the days of his life and we declare this day oh God that father there shall be no lack for him and his generations to come we thank you God father we are 
We are so grateful, Father, for the gift before us. But God, we are grateful for the giver behind that gift. And we know it is the same giver that Bruce serves. And we thank you, God. So we pray for strength for you, Bruce. And we pray for the anointing of God. And we pray that He would unleash you into a new season that you have not even dreamed about. For the Lord is doing that work over your life. And we bless you. We honor you, man of God. And as fellow workers in this field, we say, run your race, my brother. Run your race. Press on. Press on. Press on. For the best is yet to come. And we, as a household of FGAM, say, united, united, bless you. We bless you. And may God use you. And we shall never even imagine all that God has prepared for you. Because the best is yet to come, Bruce. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. something I forgot to do, Chris, before. When we were in the worship at the earlier part of the service, one of the things I've had in my heart for a couple of days is uh, that I believe that this scripture is prophetic for this house. That this is, this, is, this is called to be a place of green pasture and a place of quiet waters. And where there's been sheep that have just been nibbling at nothing and getting parasites from the soil, they're going to come here and find healing. Where there's people who've, who've just known agitation, they're going to come here and find community. And I really believe that this is going to be a place of quiet waters where people will experience God and know God and find renewal. That they, they will just be like, I just felt like in worship, a picture of like a, just a massive waterfall just coming down here and just bursting out. But in the, in the house, it's just a still water where people can come and drink and encounter, re-encounter God and be renewed in His presence as well. This is a green pasture. So I think this whole, whole theme has been, been prophetic about what God is doing as well. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. Thank you, Bruce. Wow. Um, you know, it's just, it's so good to have space to dedicate to God for Him to speak and work in our life. I'm going to close uh, to today's service. Uh, we're on again next week. Um, can I encourage you, if there's something that you write down, just go, what is my green pasture and still water? What is that? That God is leading. Just, if, you're, if you're writing down Netflix, Facebook, whatever it is, bottle of wine, whatever it is, can I encourage you that maybe that is not as green as you think it is or as still as you think it is. That the sheep of God's flock, they're led by Him to real green pastures and real still waters. Father, thank You for all that You're doing today. I pray that You would remind us to be led by You. Teach us, Lord, what is good, what is good in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, the worship team are going to stay around. If you want to hang back here,